The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. Hi, I'm Portia. Welcome to the I love the power. Podcast. This is the round 15 match against Richmond, which will be played I on Saturday night at Adelaide Oval. Now, joining me as always would be Macca, but he's not here, so I've got Rick. Hey, Rick, how are you? Hello, I'm Rick, joining Portia. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be a good podcast, Rick. I do join. I do join Thursday nights occasionally when I'm here. Yeah, usually, sometimes. It's just that you and Macca like to hog the limelight, that's all. (laughs) That's true. That's so true. That's absolutely (laughs) what it all is, for sure. What an exciting night. Oh, dear. Well, you know, this is going to be a long one because it usually is when it's us. Um, there's no, there's no Macca tapping the time clock and saying that's it to hurry us along. So, uh, all, all go, all go. Yeah, that's uh, it. Well, look, let's just jump in straight to a hot topic, which, I mean, I don't know. It seems like what I'm seeing on TV, they think very differently of it to what I do. And I want to know what you think, Rick. And that's about Bashar Hawley being retried for his offence. Um, the first, the first thing I think is I'd love all the Port supporters to stop comparing it to Tom Jonas, okay. and thinking that and thinking that Tom Jonas was hard done by, um, because uh, at the end of the day Tom Jonas was running up with clear plain sight of somebody yep. and forcefully elbowed him in the head, um, irrespective of not if the guy was concussed or not. Uh, it was a dirty play. Jonas copped it and deserved six weeks. Mm. Uh, I thought um, Hurley's was partially incidental, a bit like what you think, um, but he did concuss a person. So I thought personally three to four weeks was a reasonable suspension because of the the injury and the head being sacrosanct in AFL football these days. Um, so I thought two was a bit light, but obviously with the appeal, um, yeah, but unfortunately for him, he's not a good bloke like other people. Yeah, well, that's an interesting comment. And look, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I'm, I think four weeks is probably, yeah, it's fair. Three weeks would be all right too, and two might have been a bit low. But of all the charges that the tribunal, that the AFL has not appealed, like, come on, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And even in the same week, Will Schofield, like, let's just talk through this because I've got some things on this. Will Schofield. Yeah. Thumps uh, Oliver on the chin. Yep, fair enough. But it was a deliberate strike to the head. Absolutely was. He was looking at him when he did it. Um, it was at half time. The ball wasn't even in play. Uh, and wasn't that, you know, when wasn't contact, you know, illegal contact made when the game wasn't on? Isn't that usually treated worse? Isn't that actually considered a, a, a worse thing to do than something happening in the heat of the moment when you're playing football and contesting for a ball? Did um, he actually hit him, though? Yeah, he did hit him. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I thought he took a dive. No. No? No, no, absolutely not. Um, but by contrast, Hooley, yeah, okay, like he, he swung back and he hit him in the head and you're sure you've got to get pinged for that. It was definitely a reckless attack. I don't know that it was intentional, which I believe it was classified as. Um, and, you know, the, the, if you want to put the reason for happening for it happening, you know, um, Lamb was hanging off his Guernsey. Hooley was doing what Hooley does in that role. He had a duty to get to position. So he's being illegally held off the ball. Should have been a free kick to Hooley before any of this happened. Um, and then he swings back and yeah, he connects with his head. Absolutely. It's a bad result. Pinging for reckless, but pinging that for intentional and then appealing because you're not happy because of how it's been graded. What, what is that? I mean, it's hard. It, I don't want to always be the person saying this wouldn't have happened if, you know, 
Bar X was Y, but like you know, if, if Basha Hawley was Luke Hodges, we wouldn't be having this conversation, would we? <laughs> no, I still, you know, I still think one of the worst things I've seen on the football field was Luke Hodge trying to break Wingard's neck mm. against that point exactly, post. Exactly, exactly. And he got away with pretty much nothing, nothing. for that. Yeah. And it, I mean, that had such serious repercussions. And it's not even because Chad's a port player. No. Um, it was, it's really just because I can't stand Luke Hodge. But not only that, that <laughs> incident was just seriously, seriously dangerous. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, how they can turn a blind eye to something like that. And then, yeah, it's sort of a media beat up as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it just continues with the hypocrisy of the uh, the AFL judicial system and the AFL. And I just don't understand how you can have, even if it's a sports program, but how you can have a judicial system for this elite competition, but still not use precedence. Well, it just I mean- doesn't make Makes sense to me. Yeah, not using precedence is absolutely a problematic thing to do. But for me, I just don't understand what it, what could possibly justify the AFL appealing the decision when there have been so many other terrible under under challenge uh, under suspensions in the past that they've just completely overlooked and not even commented on. You know, they haven't even said, mm. "Oh, I'm interested in that." Come on, what? Hmm. Um, J- JB said he's glad that they took a stand and it's like, yeah, look, I'm glad they took a stand but I'd like it if they took a stand on, you know, not dumping people at half-time too. That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm still dubious on whether he actually made contact with that guy. Oh, come on, really? You, you are a bit biased well, let me put, with let me, your... it, let me put it this way. He made more contact than Ben Cousins did with uh, Damien Hardwick and Cousins got two weeks until Hardwick got to faking it. So, um, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but I must, I must, I mean, I do agree with you. Even if it's a gentle glance, that's a real, the fact that doing that half time. That's, yeah. No, that's exactly right. Front yeah. on intentional, intentional reason to strike. Um, yeah. Did he have a? Was there a reason that he was doing it? Did he uh, say, "Oh, Oliver was, Oliver wasn't, was, wasn't exactly you know Josh carrying him or anything. He was just nearby, and I think he might have been mouthing off. But that'd be about it. So maybe, maybe he farted in his direction or something. <laughs> yeah, must have done. Must have done. I don't know. But look, I mean, that's just that's just one thing example that happened to be in the same week. But there's so many others. There's so many others that could have been challenged by the AFL, and then they've chosen this one. Ah, yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, there's mm. there's plenty of pathways we can go down this one, but I want to stay politically correct, so I won't. Yeah. All right. Fine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we approve on the four. We do you agree that we shouldn't be comparing it to Tom Jonas's report? They're different. Look, I mean, I, I do think they are a bit different, um, and I think that there is that mitigating circumstance of Hawley actually. You know, I mean, his entire role is running, breaking away, and then getting to position. Like that's how he, this entire game. And so, if Jed Lamb's hanging off him illegally, and he takes a swipe backwards to get him off, you know, not thinking about where his fist is actually going to end up. Yeah, fair enough. You know, um, I understand that that can happen, and I understand that maybe that was a bad reaction to what was happening, but there's certainly a good reason for it. Um, and certainly he should get pinged for something for that reckless action. But, and, you know. Uh, the, other th- the other thing, too, is, like, irrespective of the the uh, references he got, mm. he he's had 14 years. Well, who cares about references? Unbla- Pardon? Yeah. Who cares about the references? Yeah, they should yeah, be that's, relevant. Yeah, that's right. But he had 14 years as well as a unreported. I yeah. mean, that's a fantastic record in a game where it's almost impossible not to get reported. 
Um, yeah, so I am one for a bit of a uh, leniency on penalties too, based on your behaviour over prior, prior years, sort of like a demerit point system with driving. Oh, but exists, as long as you don't... That exists. They've got a, a, they've got a reduction if you've got a, a clear record of fair play. Yeah, well, so, maybe is that what they took into account? Only I guess I think that's how they ended up at four weeks. Is they called intentional, which should have been six, and ended up four. I think that's probably probably pretty much how it worked. So um, yeah, see, and I mean, I think that's reasonable. But, I don't uh, though, like because it wasn't intentional. It was clearly reckless. Reckless, yeah. It was just like he swung back because he couldn't see exactly where the guy's head was. All he knew was there was a big tug on his Guernsey. Um, yeah, but you sort of uh, you sort of have an idea, and I mean, you've got to protect the head, right? And so, Absolutely. whether and and whether it's reckless, intentional, negligent, yeah, if thing. you, this is you're the not... thing though. If, if you if you say, oh well, there's a a benefit given to you because you've got a good record, and then you basically try to structure it for the result instead of the process. I mean, that's where this whole thing falls down. That's the whole problem with it in the first place, isn't it? Like if no, you well, see, so, I would have thought six weeks for knocking him out. You know, because I mean, it was a hard hit. And even though it was reckless, you know, but with his character um, and everything else, you know, come down to three to four, I think that's fine. For me, reckless is four, and then reckless with ten years excellent character is probably brings it down to maybe three. Yeah. No, we're arguing over one week yeah. now. Well, I'll just clarify, <laughs> Jake, because we're getting people annoyed on speaker chat. Uh, JB's asked, Porsche, are you saying that the two weeks was soft initially, and are you saying it shouldn't have been appealed? Uh, yes, I'm saying the two weeks was soft. Uh, no, I'm saying the two weeks was... Not a hard enough punishment, but certainly in line with the inconsistency shown by the review tribunal. Um, it could have been appealed, and I don't think he should have got off. Um, but I, I think the fact that AFL have come in and said, hey, we're appealing this, we're not happy, blah, blah, blah. blah that, that's, it's weird that this is the exception case for them, for me. That, that's what's weird. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're more aggrieved that the AFL appealed when they haven't appealed other stuff, which is equally as bad, if not worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. It was a little bit questionable that it got so little, but okay, that's the way it works. That's the way, that's the, way the tribunal is. We kind of accept that to some extent. But now we've sort of opened up, well, hey, if the AFL will do it once, why don't they do it every second week? So, Correct. Mm, yeah, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about some football, yeah? Yeah? Yeah! Let's yeah! All right. Yeah. Okay, well, look, we're playing against a team that I think we all expect to beat, right? We're, play- we're playing against Richmond Adelaide Oval. So, I don't know, I guess we just have a look at their season so far, just very briefly. Um, they started off with five wins. I think they had four losses in a row. And they've sort of got back to some okay form again. They've won, lost 1-1 one, one from memory. Um, two weeks ago, they played against Richmond. Oh, sorry, played against Sydney, sorry, at the MCG and lost, which is interesting uh, given Sydney's form this year. Um, Richmond basically succumbed to physical pressure. Uh, the only really noticeable, like if you look at the stat lines of you know comparisons of what was going each team's way, the only real difference was the fact that Sydney had 50 tackles to Richmond's 21. Um, and that kind of plays into how Richmond have been going this year. They're a very clangorific side and they are susceptible to being put under pressure. So uh, that's, that should be good for us. Well, um, depend, depends if we actually have a reasonable disposable disposal efficiency to actually take advantage of the clangers. But Richmond sort of choked against Sydney too, though. They probably should have won that game. Well, I mean, you can say they probably should have won that game. Um, but, I mean, there's a pretty clear indicator why they didn't. And like when I say they're clanging horrific, like, um, at the moment they have the most clangers of any team in the league. Um, and that's because they kind of bomb it forward and hope. Uh, and that's something you never do against Sydney, even a shit Sydney. So mm. that, that's, that's kind of... 
that's kind of where they're at. Because um, they're third highest for inside 50s, but they've also got the third most rebounds against them. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's really a lot of why they lost that one. Um, and it showed in their accuracy as well. 11 goals, 18. Oh, sorry, I'm one. I'm looking at the wrong game. Yeah, I'm 10-11. Yeah, that's not particularly accurate. Um, mm. I don't know. Uh, anyway, moving on, round 14. I think Richmond versus Carlton was probably more representative of their year and the way they play. Um, Richmond, 11 goals, 18, 84. Defeated Carlton, 8 goals, 10, 58. Uh, 26-point win at the MCG. Um, Martin was good. Rewalt kicked three goals. It was just pretty much a standard Richmond performance in a lot of ways. Did you see any of that one at all, Rick? I saw a bit of it, actually. You know, I don't know. Maybe I was watching something different or I wasn't paying attention, but I know a lot of people, even Richmond supporters, said it was a shit game, but I didn't notice it being as well, bad as what they were saying. Well, I mean, I guess when I say it was a Richmond game, then that kind of implies it's a shit game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no. look, they did what they needed to do to get the win. Uh, Carlton's been up and down, so you, you know you don't know um, what Carlton was there. But I, I mean, Carlton's defensively have been a lot tighter um, this year, so you got to respect that. And you know, it's a bit like Port Adelaide. Um, you can only beat who you beat, and the competition is very even. So I think it's very disrespectful to sort of water down a victory against another side like some people have with Port over Collingwood as well um, because, you know, it could have been a good Collingwood that turned up, but it was just a great Port Adelaide that beat them. And the same for Richmond. It could have been a good Carlton that turned up, but Richmond played too well. So um, I think we should just be respecting the teams that are winning. Okay. That's how I think. <laughs> I don't entirely agree. Um, I, I do think that... Um... I, I kind of wonder, can we just go briefly to a sidetrack here, which is um, the re-signing of Frampton uh, and... Um, <laughs> hey, you're, you're going off track. Yeah, I'm going me. off track, because I just want to talk about this briefly, is that I'm kind of wondering what we're doing with our tour guys. Um, so I just want to briefly talk about you know, Justin Westhoff. Like, if we didn't have Justin Westhoff in the side from last week, I mean, and we had an actual keen player like a Frampton, like, wouldn't we look pretty good then? It would be awesome. We'd have 18 players versus 18. It'd be pretty awesome. Um, hey, I just want to ask, like, yeah. with Justin Westall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jared Healy last week, yeah. in the first quarter, did he actually say that Justin Westhoff would be in the All-Australian side? I wasn't sure if he was talking about know. Justin or somebody else. If, if anyone on the chat actually knows what he was talking about there, because... I thought he was talking about Westhoff when he said he'd be like, he's almost in contention for All-Australian. And I was thinking, what? Surely not, really. But uh, the media pundits seem to really, really rate Justin a lot higher than what the Port supporters do. I think I think he's been pretty average. Well, all I can say is that uh, at the MCG, I was sitting at the defensive end of Centre Square uh, in the second quarter. And I got to watch the Justin Westhoff show and he didn't have an opponent the entire time he was on the ground he didn't seem to know what was going on or, or he just sort of watched what was going on and didn't actually run to get involved with anything the ball went around him multiple times um he just had was, and he gave us nothing he gave us absolutely nothing i don't think he got a disposal that quarter which doesn't surprise me yes um, second quarter no yeah. disposal yeah and I, honestly i haven't seen as disinterested and half-hearted a performance from a port player which was just really horrible when you see things like um you know paddy Ryder. Uh, like that, that goal where Charlie Dixon kicked long to the square to Robbie Gray, like Charlie Dixon was alongside Paddy Ryder when they were getting the, when the ball was coming in, and he just ran. He ran half the length of the ground pretty much to get his link in the chain to get it to Robbie Gray. 
And you see mm. guys putting in, really putting in like that, you know, doing the work off the ball to make the t- thing happen. And then you see Justin Westhoff loping around like, you know, it's a nice picnic in the in the, in the the sunshine. How does that work as a team thing? How does it work? Mm. How, do you, how do you convince players that work rate is the most important thing when you see players getting away with that and not getting anything said to them? Apparently. Well, you know my... You know what my theory is with Justin, and I'm sure everyone's heard it plenty of times. So um, you're preaching to the converted here. And, uh, yeah, I I just think he throws our team balance off. And it costs us either a... You don't? No, I I don't think he throws our team balance off. I think that we have become good with him in the side in spite of him rather than because of him. Yeah, well, I just think we could be playing a second proper tall forward. Oh, we could. You know, or another full-time midfielder, um, uh, one of the two, but yeah. we get nothing. We get neither, and then, so we get a guy that just falls back to try and stop the goals and then usually doesn't dispose of the ball that well anyway. Honestly, I don't reckon there was a possession Justin Westhoff had that, you know, um, the most back pocket back pocket that we've ever had couldn't have taken that mark and kicked sideways or whatever else. He, he was, did really nothing this week. But anyway, let's move along. Sorry, too big a diversion. Um, Richmond, how are they winning? Just quickly, it's basically about... Um, they're not really got super good on clearances, but they are pretty good at um, making sure the ball doesn't go too deep into their defence, and that's because I think they kind of overload that defensive side of the square a bit. Um, it's why Bashar Hawley being out is actually extremely good for us. Um, he's in pretty good form for them this year, and he's uh, pretty important for their counter-attack, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably an area where we have been given an advantage by the Tribunal. Thank you, Tribunal. Um, and the other thing about Richmond is, like just already said previously, they've got the most clangers in the league. Um, they rely really heavily on Jack Rewalt. Like, he is still pretty much their forward line. They get a bit of support. He gets a bit of support, but, like, that's it. If he doesn't play well, they don't really have much scoring capacity. And from memory, like, I think they, I think their average score four is about 80, and I think ours is closer to 100. So, mm. um, they're, they're, I think they're a little bit defensive-focused, but they're not getting away with it as well as we are and I think that's probably why they've been showing up a bit I'm just while you're saying that I'm just going to the uh, the weather charts hey. to see to see what the weather's going to be like on Saturday oh no rain and 43 degrees Fahrenheit I've still got an American so what's that Come on, 10 man. degrees who knows something <laughs> alright what's 43 degrees Fahrenheit peoples but so no rain so it's just got to be crisp a little bit dewy but Look, you think that um, on form, Cleary and Jonas should be out of account for um, Rewalt, even though Rewalt's a good player. So, um, well, yeah, you think so. You'd think they'd be out of nullifying. So, uh, and as a, all the poor supporters keep complaining about, it's always that second key toll that um, seems to take advantage of us. So, do we have to worry about that? Uh, well, I mean, they don't really have them. They don't really have the Is second I- key toll, so. Is Ivan Marich coming out of retirement to be that second tall, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring maybe. Back, bring, bring back the Richardson. mullet. <laughs> bring back the mullet. Yeah. No, look, I don't know what they're... I don't know. I, I don't think there's a lot for us to worry about, to be completely frank. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd, look, that's famous last word, so Porsche. In the forward line, anyway. Um, a guy who I sort of rated a bit last year, Sam Lloyd, like he's missed a lot of a bit of the year. I don't know what for, but he's kicked like a goal a week for each of the last few weeks. And um, Tyson Stingles coming in, that's an interesting one. He's been named for Richmond. Uh, he's a SA draftee from last year, and he's a little bloke who's um, probably 
probably would like to be more midfielding, but I'm going to guess he's going to get more time on the forward flank. Um, he could. He's the sort of profile. He's got the sort of profile of a player that could sort of expose us um, in theory if we don't pay him enough respect. Which, let's face it, we might not. You never know. Do you think they're going to try and Essendon us? Are they going small and they're going to try and run around us? For me, I think the difference between them and Essendon is, first of all, Essendon had those multiple marking targets and Richmond aren't great at that apart from Rewalt. And the second thing is Essendon's probably better kicks in, in the field than Richmond. You know, Dustin, Dustin Martin is a gun, okay? There's no disputing that. He'll get goals, he'll get clearances, he'll do everything that you expect him to do. Um, but after that, they're, just, they're okay. They're pretty good, but, you know, they don't have that class. So I think that we've got enough going to really stress them. And the fact that we'll have Paddy Ryder, you know, I mean, uh, Kervis is all right, and he's good when there's a a fairly uh, congested midfield, but I don't know that we'll get that this week. Um, You're sounding very confident. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm not Macca. Well, it's good. It's refreshing to actually have a confident conversation with a port supporter about a game. <laughs> Look, there's a lot even of, reason, though, there's a lot of reasons though, why we should win. So it's just a matter of if we will or not. We'll but it, the, the inner port supporter also is worried that we'll, we, we won't turn up because that's, mm-hmm. that's how history has been for us of recent times. So, you know, this could be a real turning point in the transition of the side for the longevity of the season, I'm hoping. Look, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like even if we don't turn up or if we only turn up for a half, I think we should still win. Um, that would be record, great. Well, Richmond's record away from Melbourne is really not great either. We've got that fantastic final against them a couple of years ago. They haven't beat... We beat them the last two times we played them. Um, and they've had, what, two wins on the trot now, now which, you know, they're due for another loss. So, uh, but, but, but wait, Kane, Kane raised them up this week. Kane's given them fuel for the fire. Do you think they even know that? Oh well, Rich, <laughs> Richmond. Richmond was taught was spoken to about it. I know um, Revolt was asked to comment on it, and apparently the Herald Sun tried to beat it up and put it in the paper a few quotes as well. So they're definitely trying to inspire Richmond for a win. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, JB's just said on uh, Spreaker chat. We should turn up at home um, if the pressure doesn't turn us into nervous wrecks, but I, I just don't rate Richmond's pressure that highly. I think that, I think the sort of pressure that they put on is like, ah, we got the ball, now we're going to do something, but that's not the sort we're really susceptible to, in my opinion. We're more susceptible to, aha, we've worked out how you do things and we're going to interrupt it at every opportunity, um, which is slightly different pressure, really. Um, and I, I don't know that I rate Richmond as being able to do that because that requires a lot of discipline and system. So we'll mm. see how that goes. Look, let's turn to the uh, ins and outs this week. Um, I don't know. I, I guess they're kind of non-controversial, but just still a little bit disappointing, which seems to be a theme for our selection weeks this week. Uh, this year, sorry. Um, the ins are Jared Pollock and Matthew Broadbent coming back in, and the outs are Jake Need and Aaron Young. What do you think, Rick? Uh, maybe a little bit controversial to most. I think they were easy selections. Yeah. And my my theory is that Sometimes you don't have to pick just the best 22 players on the list and you pick the best team. And, uh, you know, before, um, you know, Pollock went out and Boak was on the half-forward flank, for example, people were questioning a midfielder's form because he was being played out of position on the half-forward line 
and it's not really his marquee position and probably shows how good Robbie Gray is because he's able to dominate out forward, but it's a different topic. So um, I feel like we've just picked the best, what we perceive to be the best 22, which has now given us one slow extra defender in our defensive half in Matthew Broadbet to pair up with Hamish Hartlett again. And we've got Pollock back, who's a gun and had to be had to come back. Um, but, you know, who's our proper experienced half-forward flanker? Um, so I'm not sure if we picked the best structural team, so to speak. Does that make sense? I'm sure you're going to disagree with no, me. No, no. Look, I mean, I kind of agree. I think that we've done that thing where we've, over the course of a couple of weeks, we've replaced people forward of the ball with people behind the ball. Um, which is exactly what's happened this week. We've lost Need and Aaron Young, who are both theoretically forwards, and we replaced them with Jared Pollock, who, yeah, he, you know, he's a wingman at least, and then Matty Broadbent on the halfback flank. When really, you know, if you want to bring Broadbent back, I still think you should be looking at guys like Pittard and all those halfback flankers we've got back there. Uh, maybe even the Tools, considering they're relying pretty much on Jack Rewalt. Um, you know, there's not a lot of options for them as far as tall guys go in their forward line. Um, we've loaded up our defence, which against Richmond, I mean, for me, that's the most that's the most dubious part of what I think might affect our win, is that if Rance holds Dixon, um, like, what else do we do? You know, like, we can't rely... Impey's not going to be snapping goals. We know that. We've worked that out. We should know that by now, that Impey can be caught playing too close to goal and not work out. Um, you know, uh, we've lost Young, so there's a forward down. Um, I don't know who plays forward more for him. Do they, are they going to play wide in the forward line or what are they going to do? I, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like we've gone too defensive focused and that if Dixon's held, then I don't think we've got a lot of firepower out forward and that could hurt us. Is Wingard going to go forward, maybe? Why would you do that when he's being... Well, I'm, I'm loving him in midfield. Like, even when he yeah. has a quiet one. Like, he was not, you know, super prolific last week, but I loved his game. But he's the only... I guess maybe Ebert can go forward... Yeah, because he's good overhead. But again, he's not a he's not a natural forward. Uh, Chad, Chad's the logical one is Chad's the only real logical forward out of that midfield group. So so Pollock goes into the midfield mix. Yeah, but I mean, I agree with you. You know, sometimes you got to make a harsh call. Whether it's Homsch, even if he's rested, I know a lot of you and a lot of others don't think he's in great form and would like to drop him and maybe not even offer him a two year contract and actually trade him. Um, but at the same, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think, like I said, best 22 has been selected on paper rather than an actual structural team. And, you know, maybe one of Need or Young should have stayed in or you could maybe mount a case for Montfries if he wasn't injured as that, you know, half defensive half forward well, or attacking half forward. But, I mean, Dougal's yeah. been named as an emergency again. Dougal Howard's been named emergency. So, you know, you could still make a case yeah. for him, I guess. I don't know. You're holding out some hope. Well, I mean, he's been hanging around that emergency list for a while, and there is usually a tendency for players to hang around there for a while to actually eventually get a game. So I guess we'll see. Well, I, I would, I wouldn't mind Homsch going out. I mean, it looked like he hurt his knee a little bit on the weekend as well. So even if it's just for a rest, I mean, this is the time of the year where you you might need to you know freshen up and rest the players a little bit, and you know Dougal could provide that tall, and I guess we could always yeah. flip Jackson back if we had Dougal in the side and we we're under a bit of pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so yeah, so there could have been worse selections, but yeah, I think we could have been a bit more courageous with our selections right. as well. Totally agree. Now, I just wanted to also, you, you're talking about Homsch, he got extended for two years this week. So, my question to you is, Rick, if you're Logan Austin's manager, what do you say to him? 
man, you're a good looking dude. Why haven't you picked why haven't you picked up the chicks? You should be with all the ladies. <laughs> okay. And oh, sorry, in a football yeah. term. Yeah, yeah. In a football well, I'd be I'd be saying mate, you need to go talk to the coach and ask him yep. what's your future going to be at Port Adelaide yeah. and um, if you're not going to get an opportunity, can you be tried up forward and if he puts you on the bench for three quarters of the game, well then you look for a trade somewhere else. Oh sorry, that was my son at, at Birdwood in the under 17 so I told him to do that because he was bored in defence <laughs> and then the coach went, sure I'll play up forward, onto the bench you went for three quarters of the game and that was it you never saw him again, yeah. so that didn't that didn't work too well, but seriously, yeah Logan I'd be saying, well what's my opportunity going to be yeah. coming coming up Otherwise, um, yeah, maybe trade me for to somewhere else, like yeah. a Hawthorne or whatever. Like a one-year contract for Homsch would tell you the position's winnable, but a two-year contract to Homsch and the fact that Clary's in the form he's in and that Jonas is already on a three-year extension from last year, like that says, hey, Logan, what are you going to do? What, 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 what is your ambition in playing football? Um, Correct. So I, I, think that, I think that that... I would. I mean, I've already made my case clear on that one. Is that I would much prefer that Homsch either be traded or I did, he shouldn't have got more than a year contract in the indifferent form he's in right now. Um, mm. Well, know. they're obviously and, very loyal to Homsch, and they look. I mean, even if they're it. loyal, they could give him one year contracts and then keep giving him one year contracts if he's performing right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not. Yeah. Even, you know, even if you keep him, the fact that they're saying here you are, you're locked in for this long. Like, and if you're Austin and you're looking at how the side is going right now. I don't know. I would definitely be looking elsewhere if I was his manager. I'd be saying I'd be talking to other clubs right away. So, well, they obviously see more benefit in Omsch than what you and other no, supporters they, do. This is the thing. I think we're getting to that point where I think they see more good bloke in Homsch because there's a lot of good bloke in Homsch. He's a really nice guy. He does all his charity stuff and all that sort of thing. He's probably a fantastic bloke to have around the club. Um, but can we do better? Yeah, you know, at football, at football, the actual thing that we're designed to do, can we do better? So that's the question. That's the real question, and that's not, I don't think that's the one we've answered. Um, so, mm. yeah. I'd hate to lose Logan though, because I, yeah, I think he's too. a great player. Lo- well, I'd, I'd love to see him in there. I'd hate to lose him instead of Homsch for that reason, but also because we'll get a lot more for Homsch in trade than we would for Logan. Well, you know, Clurie's out, still out of contract. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. So, may, so maybe maybe Clurie's going to go and Logan will take his spot. Well, I mean, like I said, that could happen. And I guess that Clurie's done a lot to raise his... Like, if it had to happen... Clurie's our best defender this year, though. I mean, seriously. Oof. That's a tough would one. He, but the way he is playing, would he almost command a number one pick? No. Oh, not number one. Sorry, first round pick. Well, yeah, I think he probably would because he—I think he was drafted first round from memory, or close to it. So I reckon he's probably done enough to justify a mid-teens, probably off the top of my head. Um, if he if he plays out the rest of the season, does well in a final, then it could be higher for sure. Um, we'll see how it goes. Maybe that could be a potential play. Oh gosh, I don't know that it's one I'd go with trading your best defender out, but. <laughs> Uh, Crazier things have happened. Yeah, well, let's face it. You know, back in the day, St Kilda traded Daryl Wakeman to us. Um, so, and, and, that's true. And got a wooden spoon. Um, no, that was after, <laughs> after they got the wooden spoon, wasn't it? <laughs> sorry. So. <laughs> no, it was before. Would you, yeah, sorry. Yeah. If, we're talk, if we're talking about selecting for positions rather than the best players yep. on your list, who would be your preferred forward pocket or half forward 
you know, because Young's inconsistent, Need's inconsistent. So who would who would be your ideal person for that role? They're all inconsistent. That's the main issue. They're all inconsistent, and half of them aren't actually forwards. Um, so that, that's that's the real problem we got there. Like we've seen that we don't have a lot of guys that are good at a snapping at snapping a goal. We don't, um, mm. and that that's problematic. You know, we've got we've got Chaddy's all right, um, and we've got Robbie Gray who's really good. Um, but then, if, you, if you're if you're playing as a small forward at Port Adelaide, like you need to be able to kick a check side kick and get a goal most of the time, really. Like that's kind of a a basic requirement for playing forward in any football team, I would have thought. Um, so who who would be your I- most ideal though? Oh, okay, let's bring out the list. Um, look, if he was in form, and again, he's inconsistent. He's also young. It's probably Aiden Johnson off the top of my head. But I'll have a quick squeeze. I'd rather be playing as another tall forward right now because I think that we're okay-ish with Robbie Gray out forward. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, look, it's entirely possible we don't even have the guy that we need on our list right now. Let's be frank. Um, we haven't really... Monfries? He's a, yeah, he's all right. He's a marking small. Um, yeah, look, I don't think we've really got the guy that I want playing there. So who, if you could choose anyone, who would you take? Oh, shit, you're asking too much, Rick. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Don't say Cyril Rioli. Uh, well, I mean, you'd have to... Okay, well, I'll say something even worse. I'll say Eddie Betts. Because <laughs> he, he, not only is he a marking small, which, yes, he is, absolutely, but he's also got extremely good agility and goal sense so that, you know, he does get a lot of crumbed goals, which is what we... I think that's probably our weakness in some ways is just those crumbed goals at a reliable mm. basis. So, yeah. Right, enough of admiring Crows players. Let's talk about the opposition. Um, so they've had two changes. Oleg Markov is in, Tyson Stengel is in, uh, out to Basha Hooli and Shai Bolton. Shai Bolton's actually not been too bad for them. He was a draftee last year. Um, and apparently the reason for him being out is management, which he had a shitty game last week, so I guess that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing really too massive there, except for Hooli going out. Um uh, just there's been a mention on the spring chat quickly, just on the previous question about which forward would you get. And Jimmy Unchained reckons Orazio, which is Orazio Fantasia from Essendon. And he's been all right. I don't know. I think he likes having a lot of space to run in. Last week he would have been good for us, but most weeks, I don't know. Um, mm, good good contribution. Yeah. Well done, Jimmy. Um, Rucks. So the right contest is going to be Toby Nankervis versus Paddy Ryder. Um, I don't know. I think this one works in our favor. What do you think, Rick? Uh, yeah, I think so a lot. Um, I think uh, I'm surprised that Sam Jacobs was the All-Australian ruck halfway through the year. Uh, I thought Paddy Ryder was, has really been probably the most dominant ruck in the, uh, in the competition. So you'd think that uh, Paddy will be too nimble and flexible uh, for Nan Curvis. But I, I am interested what your thoughts are. Is his disposal count down? Lately, or it's irrelevant because uh, the our big body midfielders are just dominating. Um, if you're talking about the all Australian thing, I think it's just because Jacobs gets a shit ton of hitouts every week because they're pretty stoppage heavy. Mm. The Crows, um, I think they're more stoppage heavy than we are, so I think that helps. Um, yeah, look, I think Paddy Wright has probably been. I mean, he's been a very influential ruckman, and, and going through these matchups week by week, there's not a lot of times that we don't say Paddy Ryder's got the best of this contest and that we're wrong. Like, that doesn't happen very often. We're mostly pretty much bang on about it. He's, if he's not won the numbers, he's certainly won on the influence. Um, and, you know, the one game that he could have really smashed it for us and got us a win would have been GWS, which he missed from suspension. So, hooray. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, look, for me, this is an interesting battle. As an actual Ruckman, I think Paddy Wright is better. Um, I think that if it is a congested midfield, um, then Nankervis, like, he's a, he's, he's a big, big, big bloke and he knows how to use his body. He's good at getting contested ball. Um, but as far as pure class, I mean, it's Ryder. So we have to kind of, in the Ruck duel, I guess we're kind of favouring an over-officious umpire who'll um, pay a lot of free kicks because that'll probably limit Nankervis a little bit in effectiveness. So which means we'll probably get the opposite. We'll get the guy that lets everything go. Um, I think we should win that one pretty comfortably. I um, think so. Midfield, uh, Dustin Martin is really what it's all about in my view um, because he's the guy that tops their contested possession, tops their clearances, and he kicks goals. I think he's second in their goal kicking as well this year, um, which is you know pretty pretty phenomenal for a midfielder and kind of atrocious for Richmond as a team. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Apart from him, Cochin and Grigg, they get the numbers. Prestier, I think, is a little bit... Eh. Um, I think that we've got the edge on them in midfield. What do you think? What do you think of the uh, the fend-off cup this week? <laughs> SP, SPP versus uh, well, Dustin Martin. Well, would you, would you play them against each other? Like, would you say to Sam, hey, your job this week is to shut down Dustin Martin and figure out how he does what he does? I'd be pretty tempted to do that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I think you, you'd, I think you'd want to run probably Ebert on him, um, yeah. but but I'd run a bit of time with SPP on him just to give him a bit of a lesson. And I think SPP would be uh, up to the challenge. I mean, he's not shy in, in aggression and body contact, and I think he'd actually love the opportunity. I mean, I don't think it's a match-up you'd run for the whole game because I think at this point in time, uh, Martin would be too experienced for him because, like yeah. you said earlier, he's a great player. Yes. Um, that's, what, that's where I think Ebert's size and experience probably would be best. And I think even Ebert would have his hands full, but I would like to see. And I think, you know, the dual fend-off collision at the same time could be like the Big Bang. A new universe could be created. Well, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Um, I'm, I, look, honestly, if I had to choose between um, SPP giving a fend-off to Dustin Martin or SPP giving a really good fend-off to Trent Cotchin, I'd choose Cotchin just because it'd be more amusing. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> like Cotchin. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was great that Richmond kept Cotchin. That's how good he is. Mm, mm. It's yeah. good. It's good for us. Yeah. Um, look, this, I've been asked a we've been asked a question on Spreaker. Thoughts on the Menzel to Port Adelaide trade? Uh, I'm assuming that means Daniel Menzel. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nah, not really. I'm not really feeling it, to be honest. No, it seems like a bit of a. I don't know, ball hog? Yeah. Is that one way of putting it? Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's the ultimate team player, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, he gets a little bit uh, goal hungry. So, yeah, nah, I think we need other players. For me, I kind of feel like um, we've spent a few years trading in experienced players and I think we need to start doing the, the boring work of filling out the bottom of the list again. Um, mm-hmm. And trading for a twenty-five-year-old, uh, I'm not saying it's a terrible thing, but like in a twenty-five-year-old, that you just go, yeah, he's all right. Uh, I don't know. Like, has he played what? How many how many games has he played? Fifty-three games in X number of years. So, uh, well, yeah. we had four knee, knee recons. So, yeah, exactly. Like, do we really want to be paying for the fifth? <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm, kind of, a, I'm kind of I'm kind of against it. What about uh, Stephen Motlop? No, I don't rate him. 
I mean, he's he's good at he's good at what he does, but I don't think. No. <laughs> no what about what about what about Joel Selwood? Well, I mean, if he was available, yes, immediately. <laughs> really, I don't know if I would I would want any Geelong player in our side. I just, just oh. I don't know what it is about Geelong. Even Joel Selwood, it just there's something about it. No, he'd be good. He'd be good. He was a good player. Yeah, he w- I know he would be good, but he just makes me so angry. Really? Yeah. It's all that ducking. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, even the ducking wouldn't be so bad if he didn't just consistently get away with it. <laughs> but do you know what? I reckon at poor, he wouldn't get away with it. Well, I don't know. I think he would. I think he wouldn't get away with it as much, but I think he'd still get away with it just because, um, you know, he's got away with it. He's earned a spot in people's brains that he's allowed to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Looking at the Geelong list, I reckon it's tricky, isn't it? Picking out a guy you'd want. Don't know. Yeah. Without without a horrible feeling of distaste in your mouth. Dangerfield. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be that would, Dangerfield. I would take just because it had shit off the Crows fans enormously if he came back to Adelaide to play for Port. Like that, you'd have to do that one. You know, if that came available, you'd have to do it for sure. Correct. Uh, yeah, nah, they can all stay at Geelong. That's fine. You know, I've, I've sent you off tangent, Porsche. Yeah, keep doing it. Stop doing it. I know. Um, where are we up to? We're talking about midfield. So, look, I think that we've got the edge on the midfield. I think that their first guys are pretty good, and I think after that they're quite beatable. Um, and I think that the fact that we have got the that we should have the winning ruck and that we do have pretty physical mids ourselves means that uh, as long as we are thoughtful with how we bring the ball forward, that they will find it very hard to stop us. Um, Today, talk, midfield battles, mm. I would, I, would lo- I'm, I can't wait to see Sam Gray try to tackle Dustin Martin. What chance do you think he's got? Uh, I don't think much at all because, well, I'm not unless Richmond are losing by a lot uh, because I think that Dustin will be trying to, get goals and set up goals and I think that Sangre will be doing the same at the other end but if Richmond are getting pasted then Martin will drop back a bit and that might cause some overlap with Sam The the point is uh, I can't see Sam laying a tackle, he's just not strong enough and I'd love to see how easily Martin shrugged um, Sam Gray off uh, but he is winning me over slowly if he could just yeah, nail just say, what, he, He's not doing too badly Sam Gray I, 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 I know that... I, I, this is feeling like Macker actually is back because he's got the same opinion as Sangre. And I, I mean, I'm not going to... I'm absolutely not the the the, um, the person leading the Sangre bandwagon, or at least I hope I'm not. Because um, <laughs> if I am, then that's really a sad one. But I think he's done enough. I think he's done enough so far this year to stay in. Oh, I think so. But if only he could kick the goal and execute. That's the only problem. If uh, if he could execute that a little bit better, more consistently, he'd be a lot more valuable. Well, that shut uh, me off a bit last week on Friday and Monday when you and Maka were having a go at his goal kicking, and it's like if you looked at the goals in that Collingwood game that he actually was going for, like none of them were sitters. Um, they're all kind of half chances done desperately, you know, trying to kick a ball while halfway falling to the ground and shit like that. So I, I don't know. I reckon you've been a bit rough to bring it up this week, but wow. Yeah. You're defending a port player. That's amazing. I, I, I'm defending Sam Gray. Thank you very much. Exactly. <laughs> a double port player. <laughs> uh, that's quite funny. Uh, I forgot. I had a controversial question for you, but I've forgotten it now. So oh, uh, hopefully, hopefully it uh, hopefully it comes back to me from the cyberspace because uh, 
it was a it was an interesting one. Oh, there we go. Ryan Filler has chimed in and said that he's averaging the same number of tackles this season as Robbie Gray. So there you go. What's that? One. I don't know. Probably. Ryan, well, let's face it. it. Let's <laughs> face it. Robbie Robbie Gray isn't the best uh, person to compare for tackling in the side. He's a Absolutely he's a creative. Not. He's a creative ball-winning, front-running forward slash midfielder. Um, yeah, so you don't really see Robbie laying too many tackles. No. All right, look, we'll move on to the Richmond forward line. Um, this is going to be a quick one because it's basically Jack Rewalt. Um, Castagna's doing all right. He's, he's a small, he marks a bit. He's all right um, as a second option for them away from where Rewalt is pretty much. But apart from that, I think this is... One of the weaker areas of their ground. I think they rely a lot on midfielders going forward and sort of going from there and Rewa hopefully having a day out. They don't score a lot, Richmond, which is why they are a bit defensive focused in their team structure um, because they need to limit the teams, sorry, the opposition team score to actually win. Um, they don't win much when the other team kicks a high score, so that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on them at all? You, you Not really. Are you a fan of Jack Rewald at all? Not really. He's another one of those ones that only a mother would love. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a decent player, I guess, over time. He's a good player. He's a I just, player. I, I just find him really annoying. But Would I you... find most players that don't play for Port really oh. annoying, unless they, unless they suck, and then I feel sorry for them. Here's a question for you. It's the same draft year as Travis Boak. We've had the discussion a lot of times, would you have Boak or Selwood? But would you have Boak or Jack Rewalt? Probably uh probably Jack Rewell. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. I re- I reckon we, we could have got in an adequate midfielder who might not have been as good as Bloke at his best, but he'd plug a hole. Um, well, yeah, I think Bloke's but uh Bloke's been serviceable. Mm. I uh, probably put him in there in the Dom Cassisi sort of category, yeah, but in, a, in an offensive way. Um, I'm still waiting for someone to give me a chart on the captain history of Port Adelaide wins and losses. Oh, um, okay. I'm still waiting for someone to do that for me because yeah. uh, I'd like to see uh, where all the captains rate. Yeah, that's a fair call. Um, we yeah. just had a couple of people chime in on the Spreaky Chat with their view, and they both agree, Jack Rewalt, and that's Jimmy Unchained and Ryan Pillar. Um, the mob knows where they live, so they'll be burning down their houses later. Well, <laughs> it's the mere fact that everyone knows not to disagree with oh. either you or me, because if I'm not <laughs> if I'm not right, which is very rare, you're always right. So oh, between the two the, between the two of us, we're never wrong. Well, okay, let's say that. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> moving, moving on to the Richmond defence, um, Hawley out. Is, like, that's really huge. That's really great. Rance is decent. Um, I don't know. Like, he might get the he might get the job on Dixon. Who knows? Um, they might just focus heavily on Dixon and just try and just shut down our other forwards, just sort of pretty much one on one or you know zoning sort of thing. Um, yeah. I, I don't think. I don't know. If Richmond are playing defensively, so they try and overload at their back line, I think that kind of mitigates Robbie Gray a little bit. Um, maybe that. I mean, that's how I would stop Robbie Gray. Is you just remove a lot of space from him because he does like that. You remove his space, put a guy on him that's slightly taller than him, um, and you can kind of limit Robbie. But if you just have big open spaces in your defence when you're going forward, like that's when you fall over. So yeah, I, I, I well, think it's all about Dixon for them. 
But what's interesting is like um, they're the second best uh, defense behind us. So the defensive uh, strongholds have been very similar. Yeah, I think that's because of the asset placement. Like that's where they put a lot of their players. Um, you know, yeah. Before it's like yeah, I, I, that's my view anyway. I guess we'll see. They're kind of doing like what we do, you know? They're doing what we do, but less well. Um, Correct. And we've got a bunch of halfback flankers around. Oh, we've got heaps in our side. We've got heaps of defenders in our side right now. Like we've got, what, 10? Something like that? 10, 10 guys who are primarily defenders, so... Is this the season that's actually protecting Hardwick? Because I thought he would have been cooked by now. I thought he was cooked two so, years ago, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, do you think... I mean, this season for me with Richmond and sort of come out of the blue, and I'm sure people are probably thinking of the same about Port, but um, I think like Richmond are really overachieving. I don't know that they're overachieving because they've got a lot of, you know, they've still got good senior players. Um, uh, like the, the very top level, they've just got a bit of not much behind them. Um, mm. I don't know, like Richmond had that reputation at one point for changing co- ch- changing coaches every two seconds and I guess that they tried to change that culture of changing coaches but like if you look objectively not year by year at how Hardwick's doing you say okay from where Richmond started to where they are now like have they really improved enough over what six years seven mm. years and it's like no <laughs> they haven't clearly they haven't they clearly haven't improved enough over seven years and they haven't no. performed enough at seven years to do, to do, uh, to excuse that lack of development so Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I think we've got we've got them covered. I'm very confident. Yeah, uh, game in general. While well, we're talking about uh, Damien Hardwick, um, should we be concerned about him as a coach? Um, just for reference, uh, he's got three wins and two losses. Oh, that must be more than that. I think I've got it the wrong way around. Two wins and three losses versus Port. They've lost the last two games, and of course, lost the big final at Adelaide Oval. Um, have you seen anything, Damien Hardwick, that? Makes you think, oh, gee, we got to be careful there. Or Mark Williams, for that matter. No, not really. Is he still helping them, Mark I Williams? Believe so. he... I don't know. Oh, no, 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 he's not. No, he's not. He's gone off to work for, oh, I forget, the Jewish League or something like that. Yeah, so he's not. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't have brought that no. up. But what about my question to Macker on uh, Monday? Who's more important, Nathan Bassett or Ken Hinckley? I don't know. How do we know? How do we know? Well, I'm asking you. Who who is who do you think is more important? Considering Ken Hinckley seems to be most successful uh, when he has a influential two IC, um, when it, whereas someone like Alistair Clarkson seems to be able to do it regardless, um, you know, is uh, Nathan Bassett maybe more helpful, more important than Ken Hinckley? I think that pretending, or I think that saying that Nathan Bassett is a defensive genius when we're playing half our team in defence, um, or rotating through defence, basically constantly having a heavy load on defence, I think that's unfair to Ken to say he only gets responsibility for everything else. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Answer the question, Portia. Look, Answer I mean, honestly, question. right now, Brendan Lade. Brendan Laid, because his ah. area, his Brendan Laid's area has shown, for my view, the most marked improvement, um, despite not having extra assets attached to it. Yeah, because he's rucks so and forwards. He's rucks and forwards, and we've had okay. good improvement from Dixon and Ryder. Um, our forward structure has worked, despite the fact that we're undermanned there most weeks. 
and we're only playing 1K forward. Um, you know, mm. you have to say, I reckon that's the biggest difference between us this year and last year. I think our defence was already in place last year, and yeah, probably Nathan Bassett gets credit for that. I don't know. Um, but he's also got the majority of the assets in the side um, at his disposal as well, so he should be doing that well. Um, you know, anyone in that role should be doing about as well, ideally, or they should be being moved on, because that's a huge responsibility, that poor defence, when you're so defensively minded. So, yeah. Hey, one per what we haven't spoken about was there was a lot of fear that Dan Houston was going to be dropped this week. Well, I mean, he should never be dropped ever, ever again until he finds bad form, which he hasn't, so that's that. Well, he wasn't really in horrendous form when he was dropped the first time. He absolutely wasn't. No, you're quite right. And he actually so, takes intercept marks. And unlike Justin Westhoff, he actually runs around the ground trying to be helpful. It was pretty amazing to see. <laughs> it was really great to see, actually. You know, seeing uh, all these players running and trying to contest. And then you look over and you see Justin sort of counting dandelions or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe Justin's like me and has a bee allergy and he saw a bee. And so he just didn't want to fall on the ground. Absolutely. Maybe he's got a grass allergy. That could be it. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, I can relate to that. Grass can make you very, very itchy, So, and that, could, that can hurt. It could, absolutely, absolutely. But you should see Justin on synthetic turf. He is a monster. I bet he is. Oh, my God. Now, anyway, look, have you got the questions thrown up from Big Footy? The questions from Big Footy. Yes, yeah. give me one, give me one moment. I oh, am... Come on. It's in the rundown. You should be prepared. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I've got a loader on my phone. Okay. Oh, has on my phone. Ugh. Us against the rest. Has Eddie become the new Butch? Nah. Because <laughs> Butch kicked nah. a bunch of goals at AFL level and Eddie just kind of didn't do a lot. So. I agree. I, do, I think that's uh, insulting Butch um, because Eddie hasn't been in the system long enough and... Uh, we just need to get over it. I mean, he was a, he's a rookie-listed player. He's probably a little bit undersized. He played a couple of games, didn't really show that much. Defensive pressure, obviously, is lacking. And the coaches want to go another option. I don't really uh, think too much about it. Well, for me, like, if you're a rookie, you've got to know you're a backup, right? And Charlie Dixon's been in outstanding form. And if you're going to bring in another forward, like, I just don't... This is, this is my constant disagreement with people, including you and uh, Macca... Um, it's talking about SNFL form like it means anything. Um, it doesn't. It's about finding players that can present, provide something at AFL level um, and, importantly, also players that can contribute to a list over 10 years rather than one or two um, when it's a close question of who you play. Um, so, mm. you know, I've I got nothing against Eddie, but if you're looking at key forward or 40 types to bring in in the next couple of years, or in the next uh, it's rest of the year, for me it's got to be Probably Frampton, uh, Marshall, and uh, um, Dougal Howard. Dougal, yeah. yeah. Like those are, for me, all of those three are ahead of Eddie in terms of I want them to get a game. Um, all right, let's not bog it down. You're yeah. talking too much. You're waffling. Sorry. That's my question, that's my question. job. Next question. I'm to, I've, I've got Macca's role. I've got the power now. This is awesome. Okay, this is a long one, and I don't like long ones, but I don't want to disrespect so, Omps. Well, Omps. I, 1870. Only do the last ten words. Okay, so Kane Mitchell tagged Cochin out of the game recently. Um, given the need for a tag on Sloan in future games, is, DG, is DBJ the man? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No? Yeah. Not. No, I don't think so either. I'll probably just go back to Ebert if we need to. Um, Phil Reich um, wants to know. It's not really a question, so I shouldn't really ask it, Phil, but I'll just do it for you anyway because you do a radio, a radio program for us. 
I don't think this board could handle another close loss. Uh, the time for just being competitive is over. Only the four premiership points will be good enough on Saturday night. Agree or disagree? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't, if we had a close loss, against, close, uh, close loss against Richmond, I think that would be very bad for us. Absolutely. There's no doubt. Um, but I, I don't know that... Yeah. Yeah, we want the four points. Yeah, we want the four points against Richmond. But... I don't think it's the be-all or end-all of the season. Like, I think there's more important games where we desperately want the four points to actually prove something. I love how the thread, um, I've lost my faith in Ken Hinckley, drops down the list. Uh-huh. Then I'll, and, then a, and then a loss comes in and it goes back to the top and then it drops back down. It's very, <laughs> uh, it's very humorous. Uh, REH wants to know, will Rance play on grey? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he could do. Then who will go to Dixon? Let's have a look. Probably Asprey? I don't know. I don't know, maybe... Oh, I don't know. Maybe they'll put Grimes on Grey. I don't know. I don't know. don't know. don't know. I don't think it really matters. I think that it's more about team defence against Grey. Um, and that well, means if push Grey to the midfield, right? Well, yeah, but we, like we already talked about, we're a bit short on forward options. So if we push Grey to the midfield, then we still need someone up there. Well, Wingard goes forward. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I so you just run, just try and run Rance out of the forward 50, but he's too smart for that, really. He'll just drift off and go to the next forward, surely. You'd think so. Warfy 1870. Hooli is the first Muslim to play VFL-AFL. Can you tell me how many Roman Catholics have played VFL-AFL? It's a confusing question for me because I thought the Romans were wiped out 2,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I mean, if anyone keeps track of that, that'd be cool. I guess yeah. it's the difference between counting one per, one of something and counting a few thousand, you know. Well, what's interesting is in daily... How many peanuts are in the last bag of peanuts you ate, mate? Mm. In daily... Well, there probably isn't too many Roman Catholics in Adelaide because the no. most recent census said that South Australia is the, the second least, least religious state in Australia now. No. So we're all going to hell then, apparently. Um, I, want, I want to ask a question now that we're in the slightly random part. In that, yeah. Um, for whatever reason, uh, whenever I'm watching like ABC or something like that, and I see someone who looks like they're from New South Wales or Queensland, aka they might be a bit Irish, I go, ah, oh, they're not from South Australia. And that came up all the time when a show like McLeod's Daughters was on. And I just don't know why. Like, is that a thing that people can identify the difference between South Australians and then people that are probably a bit Irish and from the eastern states? Is that is that a thing in South Australia that people do, or is that just my family? Because it's um, definitely definitely was a discussion in the family being well, in, Protestant. Interestingly, this right is yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if you know this fact about South Australia, but South Australia was actually set up to be a utopian city. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know if we've spoken about this before. And therefore, we had no convicts at all in South Australia. We were all refined citizens. Uh, And so therefore, South Australians, except for Rick, because I'm a bogan, most South Australians sound English. And so we get it. Yeah. So we seem to get recognised with English, whereas Eastern Eastern Seaboard, I don't know, I just try to tune out because they all sound too cocky and arrogant (laughs) half the time. Um, Monkey Tongue Command 
Well, we've sort of answered that. What was the point of upgrading Eddie? And one great club wanted to know who's replacing the forwards. Well, we sort of spoke about that one too. Um, So Big Daddy, would it not have been wiser to drop Pomch as he's no real matchup and put Eddie in the stretch of defence? Well, we didn't talk about Eddie replacing him, but we did talk about Pomch going. Uh, Bomber Clifford, how many Richmond supporters does it take to change a light globe? Um, They've got a Nick one first. Yeah, (laughs) ba-boom. Well, that's good because he never... Dave, the punchline to the joke. Uh, do you make Oleg Markov with vodka or gin? That was by Interstater. Well, I mean, you'd have to think that it'd be a vodka drink, that one, for sure. Um, I don't even know what it is. Is that is that like sacrilegious or something? Or? Oleg Markov is a, a Richmond player, Rick. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how often I watch Richmond too, or pay oh, attention. Man, I, um, should, I should have done that thing with the police academy members versus opposition oh, team players again. You would have nailed me on a hundred percent of them. <laughs> uh, Glitcho one wants to know who's going to say that's it since Maca nineteen's absent. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's it. That's I it. like it. That's it. And I did like Raman's response where he said Maca used to feel awkward pauses. There are no pauses of any kind when Rick's on. Well, Very good, Roman. I don't know. We had a, we had one when I asked you about Jack Rewald. That was that was probably the, the quietest you've ever been on a podcast, whether you had Rewald or Boke. <laughs> well, that was a tough question. Well, yeah, absolutely. You you actually challenged me there for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Sewer Delance talking about Jack Rewald. Most times after he kicks a goal, he starts pointing in different directions. Do you think he's picked up on this habit from his past teammate Troy Chaplin, who excelled at this art form? I don't know, maybe, because I mean, I kind of feel like that was probably learned from Richo, wasn't it? I don't know, but... Richo was big for the hands on their hips and then the, you know, I can't believe my teammates let me down again and the pointing occasionally. So I don't know, maybe, it might just be a Richmond thing. But the funny part is, Portia, that Jack Rewalt was sort of commenting on the Kane Corns controversial We Hate Richmond stance saying that, um, you know, they really agitated us by stealing Troy Chaplin. (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny that's a weird one so so diluted Uh, one great club any chance of replacing a defender with Howard no okay how many uh, oh we're still going on that Richmond Joe and that's it good questions I like it good questions alright looks we'll go straight to the wrap up yeah Um, who's your winning side what's the margin and who's the highest goal kicker for Port Port, 33, and Jackson Trengove with three goals. Really? I mean, that's... He's going he's gonna to come up. He's been quiet. He's, he's going to be like Moses. He's going to come from the dead and part the seas. He's going to be inspired by from his taking a couple of contested marks in the last quarter against Collingwood, and yeah. he's going to do those non-thinking snap goals when no one else is looking, and uh, he's going to be the man. Look, I'm going to go for Port by 20. And it's not that I think we'll play badly. I think it's just that Richmond's only way to win is to keep us to a low score. So I think it'll be a bit of a scrag fest. Um, I'm going to which, that... which, quarter, which quarter will we break out for the 20-point lead? Probably the first. No, yeah, probably the first, really. We might get away early and then they'll try and tighten up and go more defensive. I'd okay. Because that's the whole thing about, what was it about one-day cricket back in the day, how... Um, Oh, I can't remember who it was. Was it Sri Lanka that 
made a way by coming out and just smashing for sixes in the first two of Atsman. Um, yeah. Sort of become more conservative as the game went on. Um, like yeah. That's pretty much where we're at with this. Um, for me, yeah, put by 20, and I'm going to say that the most goals... Well, I reckon there's going to be multiple two-goal kickers for us. I think that's going to be the most goals, and there'll probably be guys like Gray and Dixon. Um, maybe Impey. Who knows? The Gimp. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he's going to... I think he's got too much speed for him, so I reckon he'll get a lot of opportunity. Um, yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm all right. with you. And for Fear Factor, which Port Adelaide player should Richmond be the most concerned about? Well, you had Collingwood in your run sheet. I know. I was going past that because I didn't edit that out from last week, but I said the I right saw, one, Rick, so why I don't saw, you just answer the question? I saw. Portia <laughs> made a mistake, everybody. Her run sheet, she didn't edit Collingwood for Richmond. So but she I got does, it right anyway. She is infallible. She made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Oh, <laughs> okay, so which port player will Richmond be afraid of? Yeah. Well, should they be concerned about? Uh, they should be concerned about Ollie Wines extracting the ball at the stoppages. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to say Jared Pollock. Um, the pole. Because he's got the accuracy that will really cut him up. Um, so do you think he did his hammy or do you reckon he just had cramp and they were just being cautious? I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to speculate. Uh, but we were all gossips, though. Well, I don't know. Maybe you needed a week off. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> Spoil sport. Uh, and the reverse question, which Richmond player should Port be most concerned about? Shit, well, I only know about four of them. So, uh, <laughs> One of them then, right? Is Shane Edwards still playing? <laughs> yes, he is. He's in the interchange. <laughs> oh, God. I'll go Shane Edwards then, just for something different. Hey, uh, but let's not joke about it. Shane Edwards has reamed us a couple of times. That's true. Which, that's true. Which is, which is embarrassing. Mm, mm. I don't think... I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to happen again, but who knows? Do you think there might be, like, 15 North Adelaide supporters there to cheer Shane Edwards on? <laughs> I really hope there are. <laughs> I would like that enormously, and especially if they went in Roosters Guernseys, just for the bizarreness. Screw Port Adelaide and your SAFL success. Go north. <laughs> um, for me, I think that the uh, Richmond player that Fort has to be most worried about, um, it's boring, but it's Dustin Martin, isn't it? Like, yeah. He's, he's the one that, if he's on, if he has a great game, Richmond are uh, a team that can beat us, and if we manage to hold him back, we'll smash him. So, um, I think I think he's a huge. I think he's almost more important to Richmond now than Gary Ablett is to Gold Coast, which is a big big thing to say. I think. Absolutely, I'm with you. Mm. Uh, and uh, quite achiever. Which player for Port is going to put in the game of the highest standard that may not wear the crowds? Sam Gray. I'm with you. It's going to be Sammy. Sammy's going to have his big week. He's going to get all the shots on goals, and they're all going to be goals. So he's going to get, you know, two. Well, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, this is the environment that Sam should excel in. You know, there's going to be less marking. It's a bit greasy. Ball yeah. comes to ground. He should be able to hit the packs at pace. And, me, you know, he's he's not going to get the attention. I don't think it's a matter of him getting attention. I don't think this will be a good game for him in some ways um, because I think they are going to clog the area that he likes running around in. 
I think very much more that German Impey is a guy that can get away because he has got that line-breaking speed. Um, and if he uses it well... if he Look, if, if German Impey played the way in my brain I want him to play, he'd be a fantastic player, but they don't use him that way, so I don't know. Mm. For me, he should be played like a, a rugby back, pretty much. Like, get the ball, run as far as he can, run through a line and then kick it to someone else further down the field. Like, just basically be a, yeah. a running physical... Very fast, strong body player that is hard to stop. Kind of. Well, know, they sh- they like should just do a circular rotation with him and Matt White, shouldn't they? Oh, yeah, they could do. So, Impey does the run. If he doesn't get the ball, you've got White following behind him the next one. And yeah. then they just keep running in a circle work to get it. And then whoever gets it, they just run like buggery because no one can catch them. Well, I mean, you could do it that way. But really just positioning Impey starting at the back end of the square and then running forward from there is probably the best way to do it. Um, no, I like my technique better. It sounds more sophisticated. All right, now, Rick, I'm going to make you look something up again because I'm going to ask you, oh, what, other games, what other games this weekend are you looking forward to? Ah, uh, yes. That's I'll, I'll a do mine very... No, no, I actually know of one. Okay. Uh, Sydney, Melbourne, and I'm not saying that just for you, Portia. Thank you. I, I think Sydney, Melbourne will be a very good game and shame it. Shame it's not on a Thursday night. We could have been listening in and watching while we're doing the show. Well, I mean, for me, it's a, I'm going to be completely footied out by uh, the end of tomorrow because I'm taking the day off. I'm going to the under-18s matches, which are on uh, Eddie Head Stadium. Uh, it'll be, I think it's Vic Metro versus SA and Vic Country versus the WA team. So mm. I'll, have to, I'll have three games of football in one day, Rick. Three games. Nice. How good you're is doing that? Your, you're doing your research for the draft podcast at the end of the year? Well, that's what this is, is basically going there and seeing who I actually like in terms of being a player on the ground and then do the rest from there. Mac is going to molest your um, texting over that period of time, isn't it? You're going to get all these texts. Who's going well? Who's going well? What are we doing? <laughs> give me notes. Send me notes. Send me notes. I already got, already, got, already got that question. My notes are usually pretty useless. Like I'll, I'll give you an example of my, my useless notes, if you like. Um, they're, they're really bad because they're just really horrible, but they remind me to look into things and point out weaknesses in players. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Um, let's see. What have I got for my last match we saw last week? Matthew Ling is a smart mid-traffic mid. It's a shame he's called Ling. Um, but that's a useful note, isn't it? I, I noted that Grace is a, looks like he's um, a Hitler youth because of his blonde hair and haircut. <laughs> so these are really useful recruiting notes. Um I did notice that Sam Hayes is all class. I wrote down that um, Rayner is probably my tip for the guy who, in the current draftee who's most likely to be suspended at least three times. Um, he almost took a, his own teammate's head off uh, when he patted him on the head. He didn't realise he was a teammate and lashed back. Um, yeah, no, that's my, that's my useful right. notes. So don't, don't yeah. worry about my notes. They're useless. You've, you've bored me already, so let's exactly. get on with it. Um, <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to Carlton beating the Crows. I think that will be humorous. And oh, um, and I, I'm looking forward to the Giants exposing the Cats as the frauds that they are. So um, mm. that's the other one. Well, for me, I, I'm, I'm a little bit interested. I'm, not, I'm interested in the result, but I'm not interested in watching the game, and that's Gold Coast versus North Melbourne in the Gold Coast. Um, I want to know. If, I reckon there's a chance the Gold Coast should win that one, which I don't know. That's strange. Well, Gold Coast haven't actually been horrendously bad after their start. No, they just they've just been really good either. No, they haven't, but you know, they're not as bad as what people have been saying they are and I yeah, guess they're yeah. you know, they're not far 
there's a lot of teams that aren't far out of the eight, really, if they just string some games together. Absolutely. But I don't uh, think Gold Coast is one of them. Hawthorne versus Collingwood is another one. You'd have to think Collingwood would win that one, I reckon. They played pretty well last week. Yeah, that's it. it's interesting, isn't it? They're, um, mm. Look, Collingwood weren't horrendous, and no, Hawthorne, and Hawthorne were fantastic. Just set up my weekend. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it, that will be an interesting game. I reckon it'd be good. But I think the beauty of this season is that every game is interesting because you just don't know what's coming up. Well, I wouldn't say that every game is interesting, but yeah, well, most know. games. Yeah, but you you good. think. The AFL will be loving life about now. Yeah, and I'd say there's probably a few people that would say, how are we not talking about the Bulldogs versus West Coast? But, I mean, I'm just not interested in either team, really. Mm. (laughs) But I'm interested in the result. Yeah, exactly. Same category. So, mm. All right, look, we're over time. We're not much over time, though. And we got through all the stuff, Rick. Well done. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Aren't Um, we awesome? We're real good. So good. Oh, my good. (laughs) Good, 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 Even good. though you did make a mistake, Portia. <laughs> it was like, only a mistake because you pointed it out. No one else Exactly. And I was always going to do that once I saw it. But the good news is that means I do read your run sheets. When we get up to the point, you know, you didn't, you didn't <laughs> read me saying, hey, this is where Rick asks questions from Bigfooty. You go, oh. <laughs> no, I just had to, I just had to swap screens on my phone it's just yeah. a little bit cumbersome but uh, uh, thanks for everyone that's tuned in I, yeah. I really appreciate i really appreciate the two of you that listen to our show when we're on so more, it's it, it's it's great nah it's good I, I appreciate anyone and jimmy and uh Tommy Power and jd all yeah, our all our all our loyal fans what about dylan was dylan on nah he's not on oh, has he dumped me is he over me now i reckon he must be he must be he was, did you say something about millennials last week <laughs> Maybe <laughs> millennials—they're bloody annoying. Those ones. How, how are you supposed to target market someone that's uh, so such flaky demographic? Come on. Yeah, yeah, sure. They sure. don't—they don't want any commitments, and uh, you know. So unless I'm going to start selling finger spinners, what am I supposed to do to that market segment? Well, I don't know. Like this, this is a comes into the squeezing blood out of a stone category for the most part, doesn't it? Well, most of them don't have blood to squeeze because they've got no money. Exactly they don't work what I'm hard saying. enough. Well, let's not do this. Let's not do this. Let's just, let's just end by saying go Port. And go Millennials. I, don't, I do love you, truly. Go Port Millennials. Go Port Millennials. <laughs> and Butcher. Running. See ya. Yeah, good old Johnny. Bye. Goes back. Lockwood can unload. Oh, he goes for top. Well, they put it and they held the ball up. They had no one to kick it to. There was about four or five.